G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, you might have caught some of the images of the Prime Minister marching in the gay and lesbian Mardi Gras on the weekend. Christian commentators say the PM has given such a thorough endorsement to the queer agenda that it is a slap in the face for the 98% of Australians who are heterosexual. Well, Greg Bondar is leading Christian Voice Australia. It's a new national think tank and advocacy group for families, liberty and faith. Greg's back with us. Greg, a special welcome back to 2020. Oh, thank you, Neil, and good morning. Uh, Greg, the Sydney Mardi Gras, uh, the issue of the impact of the Prime Minister's march and the fact that there's a Law Reform Commission inquiry going on right now, uh, give us your insights into why you think this is so serious. Well, now, when I heard about the... uh about the event uh, being headed up by the Prime Minister, I was totally appalled. I, I, I think every li- listener would be well aware that the role of the Prime Minister is not to endorse these sort of events, whether, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. The Prime Minister is meant to be governing for the whole of Australia, not just for 2% of the population being the LGBTIQA group. Neil, the issue here is, not so much that Mardi Gras went on, which I'm totally opposed to anyway, the real issue here is that the Prime Minister has shown what fake virtue signalling really means. He has now shown his cards and he's let everybody know, I am right, right behind the LGBTIQA community. So when the Australian Law Reform Commission gets its review completed, What's it going to be saying? You know, the government is committed to defending the LGBTI community. What's going to happen to Christian schools? What's going to happen to teachers, students who are Christian? Are we going to be forced into abiding by the outcomes that the Law Reform Commission is going to give us? So it's going to, it has real implications, Neil, that you know, we really need to look at very carefully. <clears throat> okay, so uh, the wisdom of what the Prime Minister has done marching in the Mardi Gras is what you're drawing into question here. Yeah. Some, some will say uh, he's the Prime Minister and he courted the vote of a minority group that supported mm. him and his government to power. So we might say that's actually something politically that he has done to reward uh, those who have voted for him. But what you're saying is, in having done that, because there is a review before the Australian Law Reform Commission, basically the, the, the Prime Minister marching in the Mardi Gras and giving such a, uh, an, a, a, a an endorsement as he has, it has sealed the outcome of what the uh, Commission will actually bring forth in its review. That's what you're tending to say here? That is my contention, Neil. Uh, You know, if you look at this, you know, we are going to be bound by what the Prime Minister's personal 
uh, commitment is to this particular group, the LGBTI group. Neil, you and I both know you've got the crime hiatus in Alice Springs. You've got interest rates rising. You've got families suffering under the uncertainties of the Treasurer, uh, you know, playing with our hard-earned retirement savings. We've got economic growth. The OECD tells us that we're only going to grow by 1.9% this year and 1.6% next year. And all the Prime Minister can do is march in front of a Mardi Gras and ignoring all these economic social events that hit the average mum and dad. I think that I think the virtue signally in, shown by the Prime Minister is just outrageous and really um, it, 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 it's something that every Australian should be ashamed of, I think. Uh, now, Greg, you are giving a little bit of uh, a uh, a leeway here for the Prime Minister, an opportunity to redeem himself. Now, <laughs> I've read your <laughs> statement here around this issue, and you're suggesting that the Prime Minister could carry a cross on his shoulders at an Easter pageant this year, uh, and that would actually support uh, the Christians and the, the things that Christians stand for. Give us your insights here. It's, it's quite a clever thought of uh, of inviting the well, Prime Minister. I'm not sure you've given an invitation yet, but but uh, that's the uh, sort of thing you're saying could work. I will certainly be sending him an invitation, Neil, because what I'm saying here is if he's brave and bold enough to march in front at the game Mardi Gras, will he be bold and brave enough to carry the cross at the Easter pageant, maybe perhaps even ride with Santa Claus at Christmas time. You know, I tell you now, the answer will be no, because he's biased and he's got no respect for the Christian vote here in Australia based on his performance at the at the LG, at the Gay Mardi Gras. Neil. So I'm going to invite him, please carry the cross. When there's a march down Martin Place or any other street, carry the cross and show that you're a Christian uh, Prime Minister, show them that you're a good Catholic or whatever the case may be. But I suspect the answer will be no, Neil. Okay, so you're saying it actually puts a line in the sand and the Prime Minister's on one side. He's not uh, across the line. The line is not something that he's uh, above and beyond uh, the politics to support the people uh, because uh, 98% one side, 2% on the other. He's chosen to stand on the 2% side. Hey, just come back to this for a, a few moments on uh, real issues. Now, it's interesting, isn't it, that when you have prime ministers, and it doesn't matter what colour they are, you know that when they are into high-profile events that are controversial, it drives a wedge, it uh, polarises people, that somehow or other it is uh, taking the attention away from the real issues. Come back to some of these real issues. What do you think the real issues are? That, uh, that prime ministers and, let's say, opposition leaders too, if they were doing stunts, uh, what they ought to be focusing on at a time when this is not an easy year for Australians. No, it's not an easy uh, year, Neil. And look, what's come up is I have to tell you, I'm doing some uh, substantive research and I work with a number of, uh, you know, church organisations and, um, and, and what I've found out is from many parents and teachers, and my wife works at a Christian school, but the issue that's come up now, given the Prime Minister's uh, uh, position on, on where he stands in terms of the LGBTI community, in terms of how he feels about it, the issue that parents are now asking me and teachers is, when the review comes out, Neil, the Australian Law Reform Commission review, and it, is it going to tell us that every school has to accept LGBTIQI students? And if so, 
the issue that really is going to come up, and I can tell you this now, you know, I don't like to say I'm a prophet, but I'm going to tell you this now, Neil, that the next step will be that every Christian school in Australia will be mandated to teach LGBTI philosophy. And that's what's going to happen. I can tell you that now. If the Australian Law Reform Commission recommendation is that all LGBTIQA students can have what have their say, do what they like at school, then the next step will be that we as Christians are going to have to try and navigate around the fact that we will be told that we have to teach LGBTIQA philosophy to students. And that is the greatest loss of freedom that we in Australia are going to find. Now, I know that submissions are closed already for that uh, particular, uh, you know, making a submission to the Australian Law Reform Commission. But what you're saying here is that the Law Reform Commission, uh, if they do deliberate and suggest the way forward, that Christian schools have to employ staff that are not necessarily signatures to the Mm -hmm. ethos of the school... That's just going to open the door. That's just an opening of the door. Flinging the door wide open is the next step you're predicting here, that schools will be expected to teach an LGBTIQ agenda to students, even within the confines of a Christian classroom. Absolutely. I am making that prophecy now. And this is why I'm so concerned when you've got a Prime Minister standing in front of the Mardi Gras, you've got the Australian Law Reform Commission trying to do a review, and if it suggests that we must employ students and staff that are LGBTIQA, then the next step will be, I can guarantee you, will be a mandated on all Christian and independent schools to teach a curriculum based on LGBTIQA. It's already happening overseas, Neil. And I don't want that to come here. I've, got, I've just become a grandfather again now. I should have mentioned that to you two weeks ago. She's got a lovely young granddaughter, Sophie. I don't want her sitting in a Christian school being told that she has to accept uh, LGBTIQA philosophy. She can make up her own mind. I don't need for her to be taught that now. Well, congratulations on your new uh, grandfatherhood. Uh, That's just fabulous news. And uh, I'm a grandfather too, and uh, I share some concerns. (laughs) I I share some concerns uh, because, you know, while we, when we were, when we were just uh, parents, uh, we wondered about how the integrity of our own children's education would go and uh, where we could, we stood up and we said, this is what we think is right. Now, things seem to be going beyond our capacity to do that individually. You've got to be together in a uh, a corporate uh, group to actually have your voice heard. And so now, as a, as a grandparent, uh, we, we're concerned about our grandchildren because they are the ones growing up in the generation that will be affected if these things go through but look the prediction goes a whole lot further greg and that is uh, what happens in schools there is thought control in fact telling you what you can believe and what you can't well of course christian schools are owned by the christian churches and so therefore you have this foot in the door to control the thought of christian churches and that is a disruptor of what Christians understand to be the gospel and biblical truth. Now, that's, that's, the, that's the biggest next step on, isn't it? Absolutely. It places the Christian foundations that you and I grew up with, Neil, at a complete risk. What's going to happen is that if the government mandates through legal 
requirements that we have to teach this in our school, then Christianity, as you and I know it, Neil, will no longer exist because what's happening is now is, again, we are bow- bowing down at the altar of the LGBTIQA community and I feel so sorry for my grandchildren and everybody else's grandchildren if they are going to be forced to have to listen to the LGBTIQA nonsense that, we, you know, is, is going to be taught. And I'm hoping, praying and advocating that this does not happen now. Uh, now, you've got a connection to the outfit called Citizen Go, and uh, they do all sorts of petitions. There is, uh, while I mentioned that the commission has closed its uh, uh, submission uh, process, and now they'll be deliberating on those who have made a submission already, but you've got a petition up on the Citizen Go. Uh, what's that one about? Yeah, look, I, anyone can, uh, you know... Um you can go to the website, you can um, start a petition if you like, but you know, there's a petition currently at the moment on, on making sure that there are a number of things, you know, it was on the same-sex marriage, making sure that governments don't fund these sort of commercial organisations like the Gay Mardi Gras, where only 2% of the population is involved. Uh, there's also a, a survey on there to do with the, the Australian Law Reform Commission, you know, the, I know the submissions closed last Friday so that's too late but you can still write to your MP you can still write to the government uh, and in particular um, next time I want to talk to you Neil I want to talk about the Born Alive bill that's been reintroduced because there's a petition about that as well so there's a lot happening and this is a great way for people to have their say you know to, to say to governments we the people of Australia don't want this or want that or, or whatever the case may be Neil but this is a classic case of your voice being heard now let's just put our sights across the oceans uh, overseas to the UK for a moment because there's something that's happening, developing yep. in the UK around the government there in the UK refusing to define sex or gender yep. in law. What do you understand about what they're doing in the UK? Perhaps that's you know some warning sign to what's coming here in Australia. Well, absolutely, Neil, and that's why I thought I'd mention it today, Neil, because what's happened here is the UK government had a petition put before it, and the petition said, we want you to define what sex is biologically. And the government said, oh, that's too difficult for us. We're not going to do that. We'll leave it. And, you know, there's already, you know, uh, other legislation in place and what have you. Neil, the UK government has abdicated all responsibility and authority on this matter. Now, that's going to give Australia a big job because what's going to happen is we want to try and nip this in the bud. And I'm going to start a petition to get the Albanese government to define sex, gender in law so that we now have male and female because if they want to have the voice in in, in the Constitution that I want to have male and female gender in law so that there's no disagreement and we don't have this 1,001 categories of sex being touted around the countryside. Neil, we've got to make sure that we don't end up like the UK where the government just abrogates its duties and fails to define simply what a male and female is. As you know, there's been discussion on what a woman is. Well, for goodness sake, let's just get it over and done with putting in law male, female, end of discussion, Neil. 
And as a Christian believer, Greg, we don't have any trouble uh, identifying that biology is on the side of Scripture here. God creating man and woman in his image. Uh, Interesting, isn't it, that when you've got your politicians, who we hope have some sort of backbone, kneeling at the altar of the LGBTQI agenda and giving in so easily to intimidation and uh, fears of cancel culture. Uh, That's that's challenging for politicians. Actually, what's your... Uh, what's your insight here in, into politicians? You've dealt with lots of them over the decades. You've yep. been involved in lobbying. Uh, give us your insight here into politics, politicians and the way they will just go with uh, you know, the easy agenda. Neil, I have to tell you, having been a prime ministerial advisor, look, let me just say this, that if you want to vote, sometimes you're going to have to do that goes against your Christian conscience. And I don't believe in that, but that's what people are happening. What's Albanese doing? He's supposed to be a Catholic, pro-life. All Catholics are meant to be pro-life. He's marching in front of the LGBTIQA Mardi Gras, for goodness sake. So politicians now will, unfortunately, unfortunately they will go along the least line of resistance, which is go along with whatever gets your vote. And I think that's a sad reflection on the state of the faith and integrity of our politicians these days. There are a few around, I must say, but most of them will go the least line of resistance, which is, oh, just go along with everybody else is saying. The problem is, Neil, that it's not what everybody else is saying, it's what the noisy is saying. So we have to make a distinction between the majority and the noisy minority, Neil. Well, Greg, always good getting your insights. And uh, for listeners who want some detail on that Citizen Go petition uh, or to connect with Greg Bondar and the issues that he's talking about, there is a ChristianVoiceAustralia.blog site that you can visit, ChristianVoiceAustralia.blog. Greg Bondar is leading the Christian Voice Australia, its new national think tank, and advocacy group for families, liberty and faith. Uh, Greg, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. God bless, Neil. Bye-bye. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 